for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, here we go. Another episode of season 23, my second one of the year. I finally got back into a tree. It's October 11th, 2023, and uh, I just want to say, first and foremost, my plan worked tonight. It, it worked. We're going to get into it here in a minute, but I do want to thank our partners here before we get into this. Uh, so I'm going to rip these off. Latitude Outdoors, Helix Broadheads, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Garmin, Buck Bourbon, Prime Archery, and America's Best Bowstrings. If you guys are looking to save any money on a lot of those companies, go and check out our show notes for all the codes. And also, don't forget to go to fallpodcast.com. Check out our hats, our t-shirts, our hoodies. Uh, thinking of getting some new designs for the hoodies and going into the, the colder part of the year, which I like to call bulking season. You know, looking uh those Reese peanut butter cups that are like the, uh, you know, the eggs or the, uh, right now they got the pumpkins. I actually had two of them tonight. It was my kill kit. It's a fountain Coke and two Reese's eggs, like uh, a Reese's peanut butter, whatever's, you know, usually it's the, usually it's the uh, pumpkin. So I call that my kill kit. Um, that's what I usually get. Uh, it's like a trigger. It's like uh, go out hunting, stop and get those. So that's what I did tonight. But uh, go and check those out if you guys would please. So let's get into tonight's sit. So just to recap, Obviously, I hunted October 1st, and that was when I killed no-go, and I've had some family things coming up, and the weather has been actually pretty darn good, you know, the the first 11 days of season. You know, it was warm early on, but then, you know, it, it the it's gotten a little cooler. The wind's been, the wind's been, you know, higher winds, you know, 20, 25 mile an hour. It's been some pretty windy days, but I had some family things come up, and honestly, I had a buck on the ground, so I really... It's not that I wasn't itching to get back in a tree, but I was being more methodical. I was glassing a lot like I always do, you know, cameras are running. I pulled some cards the other day, but also, you know, I was trying to get a game plan of what I want to do. And, and honestly, there's two of my farms have went completely dead as far as I can't even like glass a deer on them. It seems like I do it every morning and I still cannot like turn up a deer. So um, it turned me to another farm, my family farm. And uh, that one, my dad has actually had a little bit of uh, up and down roller coaster, and maybe we can get him on here to talk a little bit about his uh, his up and down deal. But uh, he's had some success, you know, like I said, up and down. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it. I'll let him tell it. But 
you know, and then uh, I hunt with a couple of my friends every also that, you know, they've been part of our camp for a long time and just kind of going off their, not, you know, what they've been seeing and the encounters they're having and then pulling cams and, you know, getting pictures and whether it's on a cell cam or an SD card, just kind of getting all the pieces to the puzzle and then trying to formulate a plan from that. So I knew tonight I was going to be able to go in and hunt for the first time on that farm this year, but you know, second time this year and, and the conditions were right. The, it, you know, it was 50, it was a high of 54 today. Okay. Uh, the wind was out of the West and it was only at about five mile an hour, but it was, there was hardly any wind and it had just rained yesterday. So, uh, you know, getting in was, was a breeze because it was wet leaves and you could really creep in, but I wanted to get in early. So talking to a buddy that I hunt with Austin, he, uh, he's been, been hunting a lot up there. So I was just, we were and Patrick, we were trying to get a game plan of like what we were going to do tonight. And he was going to go to a certain area. And, and I had a game plan of going after a deer that, uh, I named Tupac and, I think we, David and I may have talked about him a little bit on the podcast, but just to kind of give a brief overview of this deer, he's a really framey eight point. He's, he's a big burly deer, but his G threes are maybe like two inches, but his twos, he's got great twos. He's got great beams, great, great mass. He's just a framey eight with just short threes. And I call him Tupac. And the reason why I call him Tupac is because earlier in the summer, in the summer, when they were in velvet, I had a deer that was showing up that we called Biggie Smalls. And the reason why we called him Biggie Smalls was because he was wide, but his, but his tines weren't that great in length. So, you know, like big as in far as width, but like smalls because he's not very tall. So I just called him Biggie Smalls. Well, I got a sequence of pictures on a scrape in the summer of him fighting with this deer that's got short threes. And I didn't have a name for that deer at that time. And that's when David was like, dude, they're fighting. You should call him Tupac. And I'm like, great idea. You know, so he became Tupac. And there's another deer named Boz and uh, named him after Brian Bosworth, an NFL linebacker back in the day. Just if you don't know who Brian Bosworth is, just, uh, you know, Google his name and you'll see. The reason why I named him that is because his body looks like he's a linebacker. And he's just a big, burly seven point. So these two deer have been running the same circuit basically on this farm and they're they're taking over the east side of our farm these two deer like they have kicked every every other shooter buck out of there and it's like their haunt and i don't really know how they're living amongst each other honestly because they're two by the looks of it they're like two dominant deer so i don't know but they're they're literally backtracking each other you know like i had I had uh Boz or no, sorry, I had Tupac hit a camera or hit a hit a scrape, and then an hour later Boz came and hit the same scrape and he rolled in the scrape like a dog and he, he uh he laid in the scrape and he just laid there for like twenty minutes. It was weird. It was the first time I've ever seen a deer, a buck actually like bed in a scrape. But anyway, it's just it's almost like they're like on each other's heels a lot. So you know, going through the game plan and talking to Austin and Patrick, Patrick was going to go and, and hunt a different deer that we call TJ Watt. And um, I don't know, we're, do <laughs> we're doing these football and rapper names, I guess. But 
we just kind of try to pick out unique things about the deer and just kind of go from there. So he was going to go do that. And then Austin actually had an encounter with Boz would have been last night. He was at full draw on him and needed a couple steps and the deer just wouldn't take a couple steps. So he was going to kind of go after him. And so I was like, well, I would like to go after Tupac. That that deer is impressive. And I've yet to see him on, see him on the hoof. So my, my goal was to like get in early. I was going to leave the truck around uh, 1.30, 2 o'clock and walk in. It was going to be a decent walk in, but I wanted to take my time. And I wanted to be set up by 4. No later than 4. I mean hunting by 4 is what my plan was. And, uh, the plan was I didn't have a tree picked out. I don't have any cameras in this location or nothing like that. This was just kind of knowing that this is part of his circuit and playing a wind, but playing an inside corner of basically of a clear cut and where there's a lot of acorns. It's kind of a, it's kind of a bench. Like, uh, it doesn't dive off very far, but it does dive off down into the clear cut. I wanted to hunt that bench. And I want to go back to 2021. It was November. I want to say it was November 8th, I think, of 2021. I sat in this same area, not in the same tree. I did a hang and hunt in the same area. And I told myself going into that night, I wanted to be a little closer to that point of the bench. I shouldn't say it's a bench. It's it's literally a point. It's a jut out. And when you look on, look on Onyx or something like that and you see like the topo lines, you can see that it's like a point. But it, like I said, it doesn't drop off very far, but it drops off enough. I wanted to be farther out in that point. Well, that night I encountered a big deer and what he was doing is he was cruising from one swamp to the other swamp. We have some cedar swamps and everything. And he was just downwind checking those and he was using that point. And I knew I was about 60 yards off that night. And I'm like, man, I knew I should push in. Well, that was kind of in my head, but also there's a beech tree that is on this point that's usually historically has a scrape under it. My plan was to get in here to this beech tree and check and see if that scrapes there. If it was there and it seemed like it was tore up pretty good, I was just going to hunt it there. I was going to hunt right over the scrape. If it wasn't, I was going to push further into the bench and hunt like kind of not the bench i'm sorry i'm getting my words mixed up i was going to push further into the point okay and kind of hunt the the point of it if you will not right on the edge of the clear cut but i wanted to be just inside the timber a little ways so i leave the vehicle and kind of you know I'm, I'm i'm walking through the timber we got an old logging trail that we can walk down and i'm walking down it and i get to the bottom and all of our deer are bedding in the bottom they they just bed in the bottoms. That's what they do. We we have some to, some topography. It's not like all hill country by any means, but there is some topography. But our deer bed in the bottoms because our bottoms are thick, and that's something that David and I talk about. Like a lot of the bottoms here in Michigan, no matter where you go, usually that's going to be the thickest part of the the terrain, and that goes to show you on our farm. So. The bottoms are thick and that's where the deer are bedding. So you don't really want to push into the bottoms. That's just been a rule of thumb for a long time. So I get up to the, the beech tree and I see 
that there is a scrape, in fact, underneath the branch. I didn't want to get up close to it, so from about 10 to 15 yards away, I picked my binoculars up, and I could see that it's scraped. There's still some leaves in it, but it looked like there was some fresh pee in it from the last 24 hours. I'm like, perfect. That's all I need. I'm going to sit here and we're just going to, I'm going to pick a tree. And we had that old logging road that went right by this tree to the left of it. I'm like, they'll work down this or they'll work right to the scrape. I wanted to be able to hunt the scrape or shoot the scrape. So that's what I found. That's what I did. I found right about 13 yards from it was a red oak dropping. And uh, I started hanging my sticks. And so I hang. Usually, normally, I am a person that likes to only go up once. So as I'm hanging my sticks and my platform and everything, I go up once. Um, but today, I hung all the sticks, hung the platform, then came back down. And I I came into my base layers because it was I knew my walk was going to be decent. But I knew I had to kind of get dressed at the base of the tree because with the walk, I was going to get warm. So that's what I did. I, I climbed back down, and I had a lot of time. I mean, I got to... I got to the tree and started setting up at 2.45, I believe, is what it was. So I knew I had an hour, hour and a half to get like set up before I started setting up. So I'm like, okay, we're, we'll be good. I'm just going to take my time. So I took my time and I finally <clears throat> got up in the tree. Everything went good and got the camera set up, got my pack all done up, got my gear strap on. Got my bowl hanging up. I I put my arrow in. Got it knocked. Got the garment on. All that stuff. Literally ready to hunt. And I looked at my watch, and it was like three fifty-eight. So it was like right at four o'clock. So I was I was sitting pretty. I thought. So, what I like to do every time I go sit is I like to pull my bow back and get some ranges, but just kind of see how it feels, see where my anchor's at. So, so the first time I'm pulling back for you know the night is not like on a deer. And I will say, I want to go back. One thing that I did talk about on a recent podcast was I did want to shoot my bow more during the season. I shot today too, and I felt phenomenal. So I definitely wanted to go in with, with high, high confidence. And I shot in the yard today, felt great. Everything was dialed. So just, if you guys aren't shooting your bow, this might be just a friendly reminder. Like, Hey, you know, take a couple cracks, a couple arrows, maybe some cold arrows and and uh and shoot so i get up in the tree and i'm gonna go to full draw and just kind of do some ranging i range the scrape 13 yards range to my left i've got good holes good pockets we're good to go i let up and i hang my bow up and i hear a like just like a grunt and it is close and it's coming from the back side of my tree like over the scrape Okay, so I set up, if the scrape is north of me, I set up on the south side of the tree. And this is coming from my like northeast a little bit. So I kind of like glance on the other side of the tree and I see a deer or a tail flicker. I pick my binos up and I can see a doe. And all of a sudden, boom, picks his head up, Tupac, 45 yards away already. I'm like, holy shit, where did you come from? But he's right there. And he was nudging her. And I'm like, where like it's so calm out. How did I not hear you come come in? And literally like eight minutes ago, I was at the base of the tree. 
And he's already at 40, 45 yards away. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But I knew right away, right there he is. And I, first initial thought was, boy, he's, he's massive. He has got some mass. And he's framey, he's like a boxy frame. So I see this doe and she's almost like submissive. Like her tail is very much tucked underneath of her. And once I saw that, I kind of forgot about her. And he started kind of working towards me a little bit, like kind of working towards the scrape. And I'm like, man, he's going to come right to the scrape. This is going to happen. And I'm done. So I hurry up and I try to get the camera and I, I zoom in. And this is where like shit goes haywire when you're trying to self-film. If anybody tries to self-film, it's, it's a, it's like herding, herding cats or it's like playing cards with your sister's kids. If, if that makes sense, like. It's just sometimes it can be a pain in the butt. Let's just put it that way. So to shoot the scrape and film it, I have to have the camera on the right side of the tree. But if he comes on the left side of the tree, I got to bring the camera underneath my bridge and get him on the left side. It's, it, so I'm like trying to pick a side of tree because he's coming from the right to the left. I'm like, is he going to go to the scrape? Is he going to come to the left side? I have no idea. All of a sudden, he just starts destroying a tree, like just beating the piss out of it. And then he's just scraping like you can see leaves just flying. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have the camera on him. I think it's in focus. He's in a whole bunch of trees. Okay, I haven't looked at the footage yet. I don't know if I you're probably going to be able to see the tree just getting raked. But I don't know if you can see him or not, because there's just so much shit in the way. So the, the, tr the beech tree that the scrapes on is, is about ready to be between him and me. And the beech tree has got leaves for days. Okay. It's so thick. He gets behind that beech tree and I lose him. So now my tree is in my way and then the beech tree is in my way, but he's working to my left. So I'm like, I know he's going to come out of that beech tree. I'm thinking he's at like 50 yards. And I did do a social media post tonight while I was in the tree. And I did write on there 50 yards, like he was at 50 yards. But this is where, this is where, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I screwed up tonight. This deer should be on the buck pole. He should be coming home with me tonight. I should be tagged out tonight. I really should be. So he comes, he comes out from that beech tree and I'm like, oh, he looks like he's about 50 yards and I got a hole there. I've got like a good window. But like I said, to get him on film, I have to come under my bridge now. So now he was on the right side of the tree. Now he's going to be on the left side. So I'm starting to pull the camera underneath my bridge. And when I do that, he's, he comes into the, into the lane. Okay. And I stop because now I'm kind of exposed. Like I don't want him to see me move or anything like that. He could see me. If he looks up, he could see me. I'm thinking he's at 50 yards, but you know, I, I told you I'm, I'm on like a point and the point goes down and he's like on that down slope, but I can see him clear as day. Okay. So I try to get the camera on and I can't, and I get stuck with the camera right there, like literally right behind the tree. And it's like filming the tree and everything. And he's just kind of looking around, but he's not going to come in. Like he's almost like paralleling me, paralleling me. I go to grab my bow. Okay, and I'm like, man, if, like I might be able to sneak one through here, maybe. 
And uh, and then at that moment, it was like a split second. He just kind of flicks his tail, and then he just he walks the other way down into like the cattail swamp, and gone. Guys, this was at 4:08 p.m. today. 4:08. That is early. Like legal shooting light ended, I think, at 7:27 tonight. So we're talking over three hours before you know you know, roughly two and a half, three hours before like prime time when, you know, movement has probably been, you know, how it's probably been normal for a lot of people. But what I think, what I think happened is I think he was bedded in that clear cut and I'm, I'm a hundred yards into the timber off the clear cut. I think him and that doe were bedded in that, in that clear cut. And they just, they were probably walking in as I was setting up in the tree and thank God I got in early and thank God I got you know, up at the time I did. But so, so then he walks off. Okay. And out of my life, basically. And so I'm sitting there just kind of thinking like, could I have done anything different or anything like that? And I look down that lane and I'm like, I'm going to range it. Cause I hadn't ranged down that lane. This is where I screwed up guys. This is where I'm embarrassed to, to even say that this even happened. So I picked my Garmin up and I range it and where he was standing, he was only 35 yards away in a hole that I could shoot in. Now, because he was over that hill a little bit, it looked like it was a country mile. It really did. From the tree through, there were some, there were some branches, but nothing that was going to probably affect my shot, but you know, there were some layers to the whole distance, if that makes sense. And the scrape was at 13. He was literally, <laughs> he was only another, you know, 20 yards past that, not far broadside. But the thing was, is I, I was playing through my head. So when I arranged it, I'm like, shit, I could have shot him. Like I thought in my head, I'm saying he's 50. He's 50 and I'm not going to take that shot right now. Not in this circumstances where he's at. So now that I've ranged it and it says 35, I'm like, what could I have done differently to be able to get that shot? And I got every excuse in the book for you if you want to hear them, but I'm not, I'm not going to throw them out there because it just, it happened so fast. I really, now if, if, I was ready and had the camera on that side. I'm not going to say the camera saved the deer. I mean, you know, that was a factor, but like, I really, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it saved the deer. I am going to say my eyes kind of fucked with me a little bit. And I'm going to say the, he wasn't in that hole that long. Now, if it, it would be one thing if I had my bow and not have to worry about a camera or anything else and kind of knowing the distance. That's where I screwed up is I didn't range. I usually range more, like a lot of pockets around me. But honestly, I didn't range that pocket because I it looks so far away that I'm like, well, it, he's he's not even in top pin, sub top pin area. He's not. So I didn't even range it. So that is just a grounding moment to myself of like, hey, dude, you messed up here. Like, I think it was the big man upstairs just saying, you know, you got to stay sharp and you have to stay on top of what you're doing because you just lost an opportunity right there at the deer you came in here for. And 
So I, I'm I'm playing all these scenarios through my head. So literally, I think the only way I would have been able to do it is if I had my bow in hand already. And when he stepped outside of that beech tree, knowing the distance, go to full draw, get a range on him, boom. I think that's the only way. And he didn't stay in that that pocket that you know long enough. Even if I didn't know the range long enough, I think I need another eight to ten seconds to even get the camera around and get the bow pulled back and like even try it. So I really screwed up there. So. If you're listening to this and if there's anything you can take from this is just kind of, you know, don't make the mistake I did because I literally had an opportunity two sits in to be tagged out this year and I, I'm the reason why it didn't happen. And, uh, it just, it, it's going to eat at me a little bit, but also there's a positive to take out of this. I had a game plan and the game plan worked. The plan worked. He did exactly what I needed him to do. I just didn't execute. I can fix that. I can fix that. But the plan worked. The confidence is still high. I'm okay with the outcome. The confidence is still high. And we got more time, boys. We got more time to get after him. He's still living. You know, I'm going to get after him. We got some rain coming in the next couple days. I'm not going to be able to hunt tomorrow night more than likely because my daughter's got dance. And uh, I'll probably end up taking her to dance. Friday, Saturday are rain days. It's supposed to rain all day. Friday is going to be a day where I think I'm going to shift some cameras around. Um, there's some open scrapes. There's some new open scrapes I found walking in today. Need to start sh- shifting some cameras a little bit and pivoting, getting ready for, you know, those does coming into heat and where they're going to be wanting to be. I'll tell you what, this beach is going to this scrape on this beech tree is going to have a camera. So going to be doing that. The next time I'm probably going to be able to get out is probably Sunday. Um, if, if the stars align and everything's good, but that's, that's where I'm at. And I, I do want to hit you guys with, um, the, the weather. So right in, in the moon phase. So I know we've been talking about moon a little bit and I've documented all my kills since 2008. And I keep, track of the moon phase and everything so right now we are in a waning crescent moon so waning crescent is a quarter moon it is right before a new moon and the new moon is when it's completely dark if you guys did not know that okay we're not in a red moon right now red moon starts in a week so the 17th i believe the red moon starts so right now we're in a waning crescent and i have a stat for you i've only killed one deer on a waning crescent Okay, I think. Uh, I've killed two deer. Sorry, two deer in a waning crescent. And one was October 21st, which was last year. Uh, my second buck that I killed was last year. And then one was on November 15th. So that was an opening day buck uh, with my gun. And that was in 2014 is when that was. But just saying. Uh, I don't really have great success on a waning crescent, but I will say I have a lot of success on a waxing crescent, which is a quarter moon right after a new moon. So once this complete dark moon is done, I'm coming into, and the, and the red moon's going to be starting, I'm going to be coming into a hot point that is really good for me. So just put into that that into consideration. It was a west wind. There was hardly any wind. Thermals right at the last uh, last hour of light. I was getting a lot of thermal pull down. It was great. 
Um, the pressure started at 29.73 and went up to 29.83. So it was a little bit of rise, but not, nothing nothing drastic. So, um, But that's it, guys. That's season 23, uh, October 11th for me. I know David hunted tonight. He will have an update coming ASAP, and uh, we'll get into that as well. But that is uh, that is what I got for you guys tonight. So hopefully you guys are having a good time in the woods. Um, I hope you guys can learn from my mistakes. It was a big one, but hey, it's a learning moment. So we can't be perfect, right? We can try to be, but we can't, you know, we're not going to be perfect. So thank you guys very much. Thank you for all the support, all the downloads. Go to Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review, do the same thing at Spotify, and uh, we'll be right here next time on The Fall Podcast. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of, it's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.